Hello and welcome to episode 7 of No Techno Bubble. I'm Kyle Heath. I'm your host of this podcast. We're on part 2 of everything you wanted to know about broadband. Part 1 kind of took you through most of the things you know about broadband that were related to cables and wires. So we were talking about difference between home broadband, business broadband, what a service level agreement was, what kind of guarantees you get, what will happen if you haven't got your broadband in your business. Touched on a few things about the difference between uh, bandwidth and the difference in latency, the speed and the width of a pipe and those kind of things. So what I want to come on to in part two is talking about some more of the different aspects of broadband that you can take in your business. And particularly, I want to make reference to Wi-Fi, 4G, 5G, satellite broadband. And I want to talk also about some of the newer technologies that are coming through at the moment that are available to you that are moving the speeds and the latency even incredibly fast, showing how much this country actually is becoming a leader in its use of the internet and broadband, a little bit more than perhaps the mainstream media might make you think. So let's get started. 4G. Now, what most people probably don't know and probably aren't too interested in looking at, but I'm going to tell you anyway, is what was 1G, what was 2G, and what was 3G? Well, 1G, ironically, was all the way back in the early 1980s. 1G is analog. That's what 1G was for, analog. And then we had 2G, which was digital transmission, and that didn't actually happen until 1992. So there was a big, big gap between 1981 and 1992 when big distance between those two so 1992 we get the first ever digital we get 2g nothing really changed then until 2001 in which 3g was released if you remember back to 2001 when 3g came out it was purported to be the thing that was going to give us mobile broadband we were going to have tons of speed it was going to be amazing it didn't kind of happen really it wasn't really that good 3g yeah you could kind of look at the news and a few other things on your phone in a little bit away you weren't able to watch YouTube, of course, because it didn't exist in 2001. But if you did try and watch a video, it wasn't really very good. And 3G was all right. And it came out on that big three network and made a big hoo-ha of it. And I suppose if you had you had a certain type of device, then you were going to be able to get your email faster. And we sort of sat at that point in time until around 2011, 2012. And in those time, we got the 4G was released. Or real 4G, as some people might put it. It actually really did give us some fast ultra broadband type speeds that were available on our mobile phones. Again, it was purported that it was going to run at really, really high speeds. But what it actually meant was by the time 4G came out, you actually could watch a YouTube video on your phone. It had cost you quite a bit of money in the amount of data that you'd use, but it was possible. It was doable. You could actually hold your phone there when you're with some friends and show them a YouTube video. You could do something like that. So the technology was clearly advancing and you could see the gap between each of the advances in that technology was was shortening a little bit, but roughly sitting at around 10 years. And that kind of makes sense because when I get to talk about 5G, which is due to go trial in Birmingham in 2020, again, you know, it's about nine years. So it's coming down a little bit, but there seems to be a sort of steady progress that goes through this industry that every sort of nine years or so, we're going to see this increase. Okay, so let's go back to 4G. That's the current standard at the moment. And the question is, can you use 4G in your business as a broadband solution? Well, the answer is kind of unfortunately yes and no. Yes, you can, but really only in certain circumstances. And here's what you can do. 
you can tether your phone or connect your phone. So if you've got an Android phone or an Apple phone, you can switch it into a mode where it becomes a little Wi-Fi access point for you and you can connect your laptop to it. And then your laptop connects to your phone, your phone connects to the 4G and you can access the internet through it that way. I use that when I'm traveling, I use it on trains, sometimes when the Wi-Fi is not good. It's, it's not a bad way of doing it in a situation where you haven't got to use a lot of data and you need to get online to check something, to write an email, to look at a website briefly. It's quite a good thing for working for short periods of time. It's doable as an individual. You can bring that up a bit in your business by buying a Wi-Fi device with a SIM card in it and again, do a similar sort of thing. So you have a little device in the middle of the room. There's four or five of you in the business. You can all connect to that and then that connects to 4G and gives you internet access. But it will get pretty crowded and busy if you're all trying to watch YouTube play stream music upload and download big files at the same time classic kind of stuff it'll work all right if you want to do simplistic stuff like do some google docs get your gmail going that kind of thing and browse some websites it'll work for you so the answer to can you run your business over 4g probably not you don't really want to have to do that you need at the moment to still stick with a fixed line you could use 4G for emergencies if your fixed line goes down. You could use 4G temporarily when you're moving to a new office before you've got a fixed line in. You could use 4G when you're traveling. You can use 4G for pop-up events and things like that. It's pretty good for all of that kind of stuff. But day-to-day, fixed internet in your business, it's not really suitable for you to use. Plus, it can be pretty expensive as well. 4G connections aren't super cheap, although we can get really good data packages these days and there's unlimited data and stuff. It's actually going to cost you more money than having a fixed line service put into your business. So what are other options? Well, there is satellite broadband. I've had clients who've spoken to me and said, I want to put broadband into my house or where my business is, but I'm really in a rural area in Shropshire, somewhere like that. I'm right in the middle of nowhere at the end of a lane. There is no other alternative for me. I can't get anything here at all. Well, actually, you can. You can get satellite broadband. And that means you have a dish fitted to the side of your house. And the dish creates a connection to the satellite that replaces the wire. So actually, anywhere in Great Britain at all, you can have broadband by having satellite. There's no restriction whatsoever. However, not that many people realize that it's actually something that they can do. It's not even that crazily expensive either. Now, there are allowances on satellite broadband usually. You don't get an unlimited amount of data that you can push through it. So, let's, I mean, rough numbers on this kind of thing at the moment are something like, if you want to put 25 gig through your satellite broadband, which is not which is quite a de- fair amount of data if you compare it to what we get on our mobile phones, three or four gig a month. You know, that's a reasonable amount of data for four or five people in the business to use. And you can get speeds of around 30 meg down, six meg up. You might be paying somewhere around £60 a month for that. So it's not actually killerly expensive. And one of the things that people used to say about satellite broadband was that it was really affected by bad weather and particularly by rain. Not so much the case anymore now because there's new technologies that adapt to this. It's called Adaptive Coding and Modulation, ACM which is a bit of a techie term to say the least for no techno bubble. What that really does is enables that system to not be affected by rain and the fade that rain creates on the signal. So a satellite network actually isn't affected by adverse weather in any significant way anymore. So that's not something that you have to worry about. So if, if you do talk about this with someone and this is, oh, the bad weather's going to affect it, that's not the case. They're talking about things they heard in the past. You get a lot of this stuff go on in tech because tech moves on so quickly, the old wives' tale linger around. So it's a bit of an old wives' tale, that one. There is another issue with satellite broadband. It's back to what I discussed last podcast, which was latency. And so latency is the speed at which the data is sent. 
Now there's a reason why satellite broadband isn't as fast as other broadbands. And if you think about it, it's kind of obvious because it has to send the signal and bounce it up off a satellite that's in space. And those satellites approximately 36,000 kilometers above the equator. So it's quite, a, it's quite a long distance that the signal's got to go. And as such, you get what's called high latency and the time's around sort of 600 milliseconds with just over half a second. Now to a lot of people, they'll say that that's not tolerable, but it depends what it is that you're doing with your, your connection and what you're prepared to accept as a compromise for where you're physically located. If you're playing real-time gaming and things like of that nature and VPNs, you're probably going to find that 600 milliseconds isn't going to work for you. It's going to cause you problems and it's not ideal. However, if you're using Gmail, G Suite, you're doing things like that, you're browsing the internet, you're watching YouTube where there's some buffering can happen where it can save a little bit of the video first and then play it while it downloads the rest. Actually, you won't have that bad a time. It's only really when you're doing real-time stuff that you'll have a bad time when you're using a satellite broadband. Even making VoIP phone calls like Skype and Google Hangouts and things work over satellite broadband because technology and the kit in between is constantly evolving and getting better and better. It's definitely worth consideration. It's certainly worth consideration if you're the kind of business that's in a converted barn or farmhouse somewhere in the deep Shropshire or Herefordshire countryside, those kind of places, and you can't get a wire to it, and everyone tells you the best broadband you can get is you know, one point something megabytes on a crusty old copper line. Well, actually, satellite broadband is a real, it's a real goer for you. It's something that you can do. It's not sillyly expensive, and it's going to give your business the connectivity that you want if that's the location where you want your business to be. I was having this chat recently with a few people in the industry who were begrudgingly complaining about the quality of broadband that was available in certain parts of the UK, including including some central locations in cities. And I said to them, I said, well, it used to be that we would buy our business location, our office, based on where it was near to transport links and roads or it was in the city centre. That was the most important thing where our business was. I said, well, what if the problem is that where these people have got their business is wrong? And actually the primary motivator for where we place our business is what the broadband connectivity is, what the connectivity to the internet is. That's the most important thing. And for some of these people, maybe they're going to have to consider, can they up and move their business if they can't get the connectivity where they're based? Particularly when I was talking to people who'd got who were insisting they wanted to run a small business or work from home, but they lived in very, very rural areas or the Peak District, etc. And I was like, you know, you can grumble and complain about this, but it is what it is. You're probably going to have to, you know, you're going to have to get in your car and go somewhere that's got a better service. Or you've got to consider, if you want to live in the Peak District on your own in the middle of nowhere, then the compromise is that you can't get the broadband, except the satellite that we've discussed. You can't get the broadband... But certainly don't be thinking about building or opening a factory in those areas and then complaining that the that BT aren't serving you with the broadband because you are you are the extreme. You're the one in a million person and they're not going to run that cable to you where nobody else is because it's not profitable for them to do that as an organisation. And this is what people have got to factor in with their broadband. You've got to think about where your office is based on the services that are there. And I advise people when they're moving house as well, have a, you know, what are the availability? It's not only about the house now, particularly if you're getting a new build. If you're getting a new build and things like that, you know, what are the availabilities in the local telephone exchanges? When, what are the plans for the broadband that you want to be available? You've got to consider all this stuff because you're so connected now in this world that if you don't have that, you will know it and you'll feel the pain and it'll make you unhappy and sad that you can't get your connections that you want. You can't get onto whatever sites you want to use, your Instagram, your Facebook, Twitter, social media, Netflix, whatever it is you want to do. You will get grumpy and sad if you can't get them. Okay, so... 
Satellite broadband, it's a real option for your business. It's most definitely a viable option. It's gonna cost you a little bit more than a fixed line, but if you're in the middle of somewhere where no one says you can get broadband and there's nothing you can do about it, it's not true, you can. You wanna be talking to a satellite broadband provider and you wanna have a chat with your people about this, your trusted IT people will help you out and find you, put you in touch with the right providers. Now at the start of this episode, I mentioned that there is a new broadband service that is rolling out right now at the moment that is very, very fast. And BT are kind of, their branding is ultra fast broadband. That's their brand name for it. They're one of the providers of this service. It's actually called G.Fast. And it's the final, it's the latest version of broadband that runs over copper wires. Because what it's actually doing is it's running the copper wire from your house to the cabinet box at the end of your road. So it's a really, really short distance before it turns into fiber optic. So it's been because the shorter the distance that you run a signal over a copper wire, the better the signal is, i.e. the further you run it over a copper wire, the more the signal degrades. This means that by connecting your house to the green box that's literally almost outside your house, it's such a short distance that they're being able to transmit very, very high speeds. And I've ordered this recently for one of our clients, and they've been given a provisional speed of 300 megabyte download and 80 meg upload. Now that is very, very fast. That's faster than most businesses have got. I mean, it's super, super quick. And it's coming in for this customer at something like £70 a month over a 24-month contract. So really, not stupidly expensive at all, you know, in the scheme of things. It does run on copper. So again, we have to be considerate that this isn't the same as having a fiber optic lease line into your business. But it's getting to be a very good, beyond halfway house, you know, three-quarters house, you might want to call it. If GFAST is available in the area where you are, and in this case, this customer's over in the Milton Keene region. This is something that you want to take advantage of. It is the latest technology about running signals over a copper wire. And it's using, to really, a sort of a technical part of it, time division duplexing is what it's called. You can go read all this stuff on the Wikipedia page. It's what I'm just looking at at the moment. And it's pretty technical stuff. And it's really kind of only of interest for engineers and people like that who get themselves into this kind of stuff. Ultrafast broadband is constantly getting better and better. And why is it getting better and better? Because everybody's got to get more and more connected. That's how the world is. And it's enabling everybody to take cloud services and to be permanently connected. Like I said in the first episode, if you turn your device off in your business for a period of time, see how long you can last before everybody's going up the wall and going mental about it. It won't be very long. I can guarantee you that that's the case. What I'm seeing too much of too many people who think investing in their broadband is an expense. They don't think that that's where the value is. They've still got a mindset that I'm investing in my computers and my servers and things like that. And actually, those aren't the areas that you need to be spending your money in significantly. And you don't need to have servers at all. And I've talked about that before, and I'll continue to talk about that. My vision and the vision of the business is that people don't have servers in their companies anymore. We've got to get rid of these things. There's no need to have them at our expense. They're noisy, loud, use of a lot of electricity, that somebody has to look after them. They have to be upgraded too often and they have to be updated all the time. There's no need. You can now hand this over to providers like Google who can look after all of it for you. And you can invest that money that you would have spent on servers into your connection to the internet, which will make everybody's experience on their computers better. And that's what you really need to be doing. 
Now, let's say you go, all right then, Carl, I'm on board with this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this investment. Now, the key to this is who do you do it with? Who do you partner with? Who do you work out who you use? Because it's very easy to type into Google a broadband provider and come up with a lot of results. You can get them on all of the compare the market type sites, and that's well and good. But with anything in life, the measure is what happens when it goes wrong as opposed to what happens when it's working. When it's working, nobody cares. It's working, it's working. You don't care who it's with. It could be with me, personally. You wouldn't give a monkeys as long as it worked. But when it goes wrong, then you want someone to help you and you want someone to deal with the problem. And often, that means having to deal with a technical provider and there'll be some technical going on. There'll be some jargon and techno bubble happening. This is where the most important part of who you're partnering with in your business is the level of support you'll get from that partner. And my recommendation and my experience tells me you'll get the best service from the smaller businesses that do this. Smaller businesses who act as almost like a broker in between you and the bigger players. They talk the player's language. They'll be talking to the big provider. They'll talk to Vodafone and they'll talk to BT, talk, talk, and they'll talk the tech side of things when something's wrong. But on the customer service side to you, they'll just talk in plain English and they'll be there for you and they'll help you and they'll care about you and they're interested in you because you're their direct customer. You are not a faceless number on a big P&L sheet for a big corporate. You actually mean something to a smaller business provider. That would be my strong recommendation for any business that's looking to get itself the right internet connection is to get themselves a solid partner now sometimes it can be difficult to even know who to go with so the first people i would tell you to go with are your existing it support provider whoever that is that you use if you're happy with those people ask those people sometimes they'll do it themselves and they'll provide the service other times they'll have a partnership with somebody else but you need to be going to those people that you can trust who know what's in the best interest of your business because it's just too easy to get sucked into doing it yourself oh i'll just google it myself and look it up myself and find out which is the best service and I'll order it and I'll save a few quid. I've seen it too many times and it's such a common mistake for people to make because it's easy to do, but it's hard to get it done right. It's dead easy to find a broadband service and it's dead easy to get signed up and online, but it's actually hard to get the right service at the right price with the right support and the right kit that delivers what your business needs. It's dead easy to make a hash of it and hard to do it brilliantly. And that's why you want to work with people who know what they're doing. Steve Jobs always used to tell people that he wanted them to hire people who were better than him because people that are better than you are going to make your business better. People that are better than you are going to make you look good and that's no difference with the, with your broadband. You want to be getting someone who's an expert in that field. Partner with them and get them to make that recommendation for you. By all means, when they show you the price and they say it's this much, get them to justify it. Get them to explain the value to you, what it means. Ask them, why am I paying this much? Right, well, you're paying this much, Mr. Customer, because it's a fiber optic line. It's a 100 meg connection in both directions. If the service goes down, you'll be compensated for it. These are the things that you want to know. Okay, well, that seems to be quite expensive. What's the next one? Okay, well, the next one down, Mr. Customer, is this. It's an 80 meg speed with a 20 meg speed up. It's on copper wire, but it doesn't have a guarantee. So if it fails or goes wrong, there's no guaranteed time to fix. So if it goes off on the Friday, it might not be fixed until Monday or Tuesday the next week. Now, if you can tolerate that, then that's worth that's worth you saving some money on. But if you can't tolerate that, then go with the fiber optic connection that's got the guaranteed speed on it. These are the things you want to have an honest and open conversation with somebody about. And you can only do that when you've got a relationship with a provider. It's very difficult to have that conversation when you pick up the phone or the chat and you're talking to a salesperson, particularly in the big, big, big providers, because those salespeople, it's not their fault. Their job is to get is to convert and get numbers and they'll just do whatever they can to convert. And you know they'll throw in free gifts 
and all sorts of stuff. I've seen GoPros and quite you know valuable two hundred pound gifts being given away, two hundred pound retail value gifts being given away as an incentive to sign you up to a twenty seven pound a month broadband contract. You know, there's not a lot of margin left in that where these people are operating. There's very little margin because it's all about the volume. And if you think, if something's all about the volume with little margin in it, what do you think their consideration is going to be of you when it goes wrong, when you're an inconvenience to that to that service? They're not geared up for helping you out. They're going to have canned responses to them. They're going to have a help desk that's been outsourced to a, another country for you to deal with. You're not going to be able to have a conversation, but it's taking your business down and you can't trade. You can't make money. It's impacting your life and your business and your family. And yet... As far as you're concerned, you've got some idiot on the end of the phone in some call center somewhere that doesn't care about you. And pretty much that's the size of it because you traded that for the cheapness that you got at the start. You traded that for the cheap price. And that's great when everything's going well, but when things are going crap and the poo's it and the fan and all of that, that's when you want the support. My recommendation is if business is too important for that, spend a little bit more at the start, put a little bit more into your monthly subscription for your broadband service and have a partner that's in the same country as you, whatever it might be. Maybe they're even local to you. You know, they're roughly within 50, 60 miles of you. It doesn't kind of matter anymore, but it's nice sometimes to meet people. What if they're regularly able to have account management reviews with you? You can have a conversation with them over a coffee, or you can have a video call with them and talk about it and say, look, okay, I've got this service right now and it's great. What are the next services? Oh, well, you know, this is coming out in your area soon. Okay, well, can I move from what I've got to that? Can I upgrade? Again, you can't have that conversation when you're buying off the shelf online at the cheap price. You can't have that conversation when you're in the Amazon.com places. You are buying on price there and convenience. When you're buying on a relationship, you'll pay a little bit more, but you can ask that question. You can ask this person, is this the right direction for me to go? Should I upgrade this? How should I connect this office? I'm thinking of moving to this new location. Can you tell me what might be available there and what are the best services? And can I transition my service? Can I buy a service that lasts for three months and then upgrade to a better service later on? You can't do any of that when you're buying on price, but you can do it when you've got a solid relationship with somebody. Kind of gone on a tangent there with that, but it's really important. It is really important, whatever decision you take in what broadband you're going to do, that you do it with a partner that in your business you've got a long-term relationship with. If you're a domestic consumer, it's not so it's not so bad. And in fact, many times you could probably roll the dice and just go with the cheaper price. Why would I say that? Well, because the most inconvenience it's going to cause you is that you can't watch Netflix and the kids can't get an Xbox Live. It's not going to stop your business and cost you money. It's, it's going to be a frustration or inconvenience, and you can generally kind of wait it out until they fix it. That's not the same in your business. If your business isn't online, your business is dead in the water, and that's costing you money, and that's why you need to have somebody that you can talk to. Okay. Final part I want to talk about in this podcast is the future. What's coming next? And that's called 5G. 5G means fifth generation network. So we had 1G analog 2g the first digital 3g 4g that we've got at the moment and then we're going to go on to 5g now 5g is going to be way way faster than any of the previous connections we've got and a whole lot faster than 4g was as well 5g is due to happen somewhere around 2019 2020 in the united kingdom south korea for example is already trialing some 5g this year in 2018 and they're seeing some crazy speeds that they're getting there they're seeing tests at 1 to 10 gigabyte per second speed. Now, if you stop and think about that, let's say it's 1 gigabyte at the lower end of that number. 1 gig, that is a 1,000 times 1 megabyte of speed. 
Well, one meg used to be some of the downloads that we used to get. We actually remember one meg 10 years ago. Now, if you get 10 meg, eh, not so good. Let's say you get 100 meg. If you get 100 meg on your broadband, you're pretty happy. Well, one gig's 10 times the speed of that. So think about what that's going to do to business. Everybody, wirelessly, on their device in their hand, is going to be able to get speeds of one gigabit to 10 gigabit of connectivity. It's going to be a real game changer. Because you might say to me, Carl, why would I even bother having cabled broadband? Why would I bother having broadband over a copper wire or a fiber optic wire when everywhere I move in the air, I can get one to 10 gigabytes worth of speed? And I'd probably say back to you, yeah, why would you? Why would you bother to do that? It's going to be absolutely transformative to business because if you think about it, it means every device that you've got. So you open your Mac, you open your Windows laptop, that's going to connect at that speed If when you've, when you've got one of those that's going to have a modem, it's going to have a SIM card in it. Or you might carry around your phone and just tether your phone to it. You're going to be able to have clothing that's got Wi-Fi connectors that will connect to your phone again. So your phone's going to act as this kind of portal to the 5G network. It's going to be in your pocket and it's going to be connected to 5G. And then all the devices that you've got with you will use Wi-Fi to connect to your phone and then the phone to 5G. And they're all going to connect at up to 10 gigabits worth of speed. That's crazy fast. Take an example of a movie. Let's say you want to get a movie from the Apple Store. Well, at 5G speeds, you're going to be able to get a full HD movie in about 10 seconds downloaded to your device. Now, at the moment, that takes 10 minutes on 4G. So you can kind of see the difference there. It's significantly, significantly faster. But it's not only about the bandwidth that's available. It's this latency that I've spoken about before. That's the speed it takes to do something. It's going to really, really drop down in the milliseconds. When 3G started, it had a latency of about 120 milliseconds. So that's about a tenth of a second. A good broadband connection that you might have at home at the moment might be somewhere between 30 and 40 milliseconds. A fiber optic lease line that you have in your business may be somewhere around 10 milliseconds. 4G networks about 45 milliseconds. Well, 5G is gonna be theoretically around one to two milliseconds. That is, one to two milliseconds is as fast as you will find in your office with a gigabit ethernet cable connected. So that's a cable connected to your computer. They got one millisecond. So we're gonna have the speed that we get in our internal networks inside our buildings everywhere we go on every device that we've got, including to our cameras, our Nest cameras at home. We're gonna have that to our night vision cameras. We're gonna have that to our cars. We're gonna have that to our Google assistants that are in our home. We're gonna be able to have, it means we're gonna have realistic virtual reality and augmented reality in our lives we're going to be able to have our fridges in our houses connected and be able to actually look at what's inside using cameras and go right you need to order that food and it'll place that order for you it's going to mean that the autonomous car that we've been waiting for for so long is going to become an absolute reality because that needs 5g for it to work and that's coming in about two years time and that's what that is one of the things that's probably holding back the whole legality about the autonomous vehicle from happening is that the 5g network's not there so let's say by the time 5g networks rolled out within two to seven years it's going to make the reality of the autonomous car happen and we'll start to see that happen we're going to see a lot more drones because drones need 5g network as well that's why we don't see so many drones at the moment and we don't see people pushing to use drones at the moment but we will if you order your online shopping, which most of us do now, I do it, I order my online shopping and put, it comes and gets delivered here. Well, in the future, we are going to be looking realistically at the lorry that drives the food is going to be autonomous. And then when the lorry pulls outside of my house, the slide is going to slide off and the drone is going to lift the 
crate or the box of food and fly it and drop it and deliver it at the back of my house and then it will pick up from the spot that I've told it it will pick up the empties and take those back and that's what's going to happen there'll be no person involved in that process any longer that's not going to happen imagine situations where we can have smart bins and you're probably going to end up in some sort of pay-as-you-bin recycle process where your bin is going to be able to inform via 5g network the council about how often it's full of rubbish and how full it is and so they're going to be able to send around permanent carts that come around and empty your bins you're going to have these kind of changes and where the council might say well look you're a heavy refuse user so you pay more on your council tax and you kyle you're not a heavy refuse you're a light refuse you do a lot of recycling there's not a lot in your bins you're not going to pay as much this kind of stuff is going to happen we're going to have massive increases in the ability for us to look after our elder generation and for us to use it in medical health care you imagine the amount of healthcare that can be provided when in the field in the ambulance and paramedics and people in care homes are that connected at those speeds that there's no difference between where anybody is we're going to have a massive ability for things like mobile i can bet there'll be mobile mri scanners and things like that now i know that magnetic resonance imaging users is, isn't exactly a safe thing to be carrying around but things like that are going to be able to happen there's going to be devices that will let us do 3d medical imaging when we're in the field I've no doubt that stuff's already being prepared for the military because they're the sort of people who use this stuff first. And it's all going to happen because the 5G network is available. That's what the key is. Again, when I say to people, this is the era at the beginning of the cloud, this is this is the equivalent of when the internet was. We are around about 1996, 97. If you take that the internet sort started 94 when Amazon started... Let's just put it at that date. We're about 96, 97 at the moment in terms of that transition. And that's what I mean in reference to cloud. The adoption of cloud and the change from from having things in our buildings and in our offices to using these services online. And 5G is going to be the one that ramps this up. And when I talk to business owners and tell them, you know, what should I, well, they say to me, Carl, what should I be doing? Where should I be going with technology? I'm not sure about this cloud thing. Is it safe? Uh, that is, this is where it's going to be. Get in now, get started, get using it before it suddenly becomes what everybody rushes to do when everyone rushes to do it then you're in with the herd you've got no advantage over anybody else you'll rush it you might not do something right you won't think about what you're doing you want to make this decision now ahead of time when there's so that you are ahead of the curve so that you could stay ahead of your competitors it is it's almost a no-brainer but some people can't see it they find it difficult to see and 5g is the one that's going to make the difference like I said, 2020 in Birmingham for trial. So we're still two years, really, from it happening. So there's two years for you to get with the program. There's two years for you to realize that working with services like Google and G Suite and things like that are the way forward. That's what's going to make your business transformative. That's what's going to give you the edge on your competitors. Yes, you're probably going to have to do it via a hardwired connection for a couple of years, but that's no big deal. But when that moment comes and 5G hits and everything is connected, you will already be in that cloud world. You'll have already been using it for years. You'll be ahead of everybody else who's scrabbling to work out what to do and how to do it. You'll be comfortable in it and you will be ahead of your competitors and it will enable you to be have a more profitable business and to win and to have a better life. And ultimately, that's why most of us go into business generally. We're going in to win and to have a better life and to feel successful. Right, well, I'm going to get off the inspirational stuff at the end of it. We've hit 30 minutes. Is that the end of this podcast? Kind of a weird one, everything you want to know about broadband part two. I probably didn't cover everything you want to know about broadband. It really wasn't that kind of podcast, I guess. 
However, I think there's some good value in it for you. You've got some takeaways that you can do some stuff with 4G. You can definitely do something with satellite. Don't let the hit naysayers you say you can't. 5G is coming in a couple of years and it's going to transform absolutely everything. Don't miss out. Get on board now. Start using cloud technology like Google and G Suite and make a massive difference in your business. I've been Carl Heath. I'm going to go away now. Uh, it's getting cold in the location where I record this. I'd like to call it a studio, but it's not. It's my garage. And I'm going to go inside and think it's time at this time of day now and maybe start making myself some food. So I'm going to sign out of here and I'll see you guys later. Bye.